Before we start the show, we just wanted to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for your support. This podcast is a labor of love, and we are so grateful for everyone who has taken the time to listen, to share a praise report or a prayer request, to leave a review, or even share our pod with a friend. You mean the world to us. We recently launched a monthly sponsorship option to help us keep bringing you new episodes. So if you can, please consider subscribing. You can find the link in our show notes. And if you can't, commit to a monthly sponsorship. Please consider leaving us a review or sharing with a friend. Doing so helps us reach new people and helps us keep the show going. Thank you so much. Now, on to the show. Hello, kings and queens and in-between sinner saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another, week, how do you say it, episode of Justices. It is me, Daniel Franzese, and as always, I'm here with my bestie, Azariah Southworth. And don't worry, guys, because here at Justices, we believe God knows you deeply and intimately. Oh, yes. Who knows you better than God? Um, so listen, sit down in the pew pew pews and get ready for some A few weeks ago, on September 11th, New Ways Ministry, which is a Catholic LGBTQ ministry, put out a call for LGBTQ Catholics to form an association to help Father Michael Judge become canonized by the Vatican as a saint. Father Michael Judge was known as victim number one because he was the first recorded casualty in New York City. Father Judge was on the scene at the World Trade Center because he was the chaplain for the New York City Fire Department. He died praying with and ministering to the victims and first responders at the site. Father Judge, whose identity as a gay priest was revealed publicly after his death, was active in ministering with the LGBTQ Catholics in New York City during the 1980s and 1990s. In his 40 years as a priest, Father Judge was involved in parish and campus ministry, outreach to people experiencing homelessness, participation in Alcoholics Anonymous, pastoral care for the LGBTQ community, compassionate service to all of those with HIV and AIDS, and support of New York's firefighters. Sister Jenanine Gramick, SL, the co-founder of New Ways Ministry, who has been ministering with the LGBTQ community for 50 years, said that she is hopeful that individuals and organizations will step forward to form the association needed so that this priest who symbolized God's love to so many different communities will be recognized for the way he himself responded to God's love. Well, That's it's beautiful. like we always see here. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's like we always see here at Yash Jesus. One of the best things that an LGBTQ person can be is an example of love. And mm -hmm. um, the memory of Father Judge um, should be honored, and it would be lovely to see that happen. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely pray about it, which brings us to our part of the show where we do our praise report and our prayer request. Um, if you have something extra you'd like to pray for, then just write us, let us know, and we'll add it to our list here. And if you have a little something you want to thank God for, well, come on over and hallelujah with us. Uh, we have a prayer <laughs> request we're going to start out with here. Tell us about it, Azzy. This one was submitted by someone named Anonymous. They said, hey guys, first I wanted to thank you for doing this podcast. You've completely changed my view on Christianity, and I'm excited to keep learning the truth about the Bible. I've been raised in a conservative Pentecostal household where being gay is as taboo as it gets. I'm really struggling with coming to, out to my parents. I cannot even begin to imagine how I would tell them, but I want them to know so badly. I am tired of carrying around this secret and I want it to be over. It, it is eating me alive. 
please pray that God will bring everything to light in the way he sees fit. You guys have no idea how much your podcast and insight means to me. Your podcast has truly set me free from the toxic theology and has jump-started my journey in faith. Thank you for all that you do. Oh, Anonymous, I can relate to this. We were both grew up in Pentecostal households, didn't we, Danny? Yeah, so. for sure. And I know that to you, this seems like a prayer request and we will be praying for you, but this is a praise report mm -hmm. for us. I'm glad we were able to reach mm -hmm. you. Um, I, I wish mm -hmm. I had some kind of beacon of light letting me know that it was okay and getting rid of that uh, toxic theology. So many people have childhood trauma from the church uh, in the LGBTQ mm -hmm. community and you're not alone. Oh, welcome. You're here with us and uh, we will be praying for you. This is definitely difficult, but let me tell you, I, I know it's so difficult deciding whether to come out to your parents or not. And I do know that that's not always the best advice to give everyone, depending on how safe you are. I mean, we don't really know your home situation, but I have to tell you that it's like a backpack full of bricks when you are authentically and uniquely you and able to be yourself. So if you don't feel like you're in a safe space around your parents, uh, look for a tribe of people. Um, look for your, your, pe your people are there uh, where you can just be yourself because there's nothing like it. Um, it literally is like a backpack full of bricks uh, is relieved from you. So we're going to be praying for you, right, Azzy? We're going to be praying for Anonymous. Yes, we are and, um, Anonymous. You are definitely one of our siblings and welcome. Uh, we have a praise have report. A girl. Yeah, have a seat, girl. Get in the pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and get ready to say hallelujah for this praise report, <laughs> which was submitted by someone who just put an A as their first name. A is an anonymous. It's very popular around here, uh, uh, <laughs> anonymity. Uh, you know, I'm so thankful. Uh, this is what they say. They say, I am so thankful for this podcast. I am an asexual progressive Christian, and I've been struggling to find podcasts that encourage me in my faith, but... Don't claim that I or other LGBTQ people are sinners or don't exist. I literally almost cry every episode because I'm so inspired by your joy and acceptance. God bless you both. And God bless you, eh? Let me tell you, um, it is exciting uh, to feel like... Uh, you have a place in God's kingdom and every single person has a place in God's kingdom. Yes. Whoever you're secretly judging in your head, they have a place too. So yeah, everyone's yeah. welcoming. <laughs> so, you know, uh, don't take other people's word for it. God, it says in the word that you are welcome. Um, so we are uh, looking forward to you. Uh, Even me? Hallelujah that. Even you as the old slut. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. guys, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come back after this with the scripture of the day. Guess what, Azzy? Are you excited? I'm excited. Our freaking deacon, Ross Murray, has written a book. Yeah, and this book needs to be on the desk of every minister. Every minister needs this book. Whether you like it or not, LGBTQ people will always be in the church. And our ministers need to be equipped with how to show up for us. Pre-order the book, Made Known Loved, Developing the LGBTQ Inclusive Youth Ministry with your favorite bookstore or online store today. Visit madeknownlove.org to learn more. And now it's time for the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh, oh. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh, it's soul food. That's right. <laughs> As you tell us all about it, give us that soul food. All right. It comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. That reads like something like 
Alyssa Edwards would say on RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean, it's like, <laughs> for now we give, see give him in the mirror dimly, but then we see face to face. Now I only know in part that I will know fully, even as if I've been fully known. You know? <laughs> what, what came to my mind is a Sandy Patty song. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> face to face. And all of course, of that would be what came to your mind. You know, but, who really knows you, Azzy? I know you. I, I mean, but do, do, do I, like, really know you? Do people really know each other? You know, for queer people, being known is a really big deal. Sometimes mm-hmm. our family thinks they know us, and yet many of them are surprised when we tell them that we're gay. And sometimes our onion layers are super thick. <laughs> but although now there have been a few instances where family members react with, I knew that for a long time. Yeah, You've side note I've for the yeah, for the straight friends and family listening, don't ever say that when someone's coming out to you. It took them a bit to work up the energy to tell you. Don't just dismiss it. If you knew, congratulations, you are a perceptive person. But if you didn't know, then just, you know, I mean, if you did know, then just like, be like, oh, really? How surprising. Oh. You acted so masculine. I didn't so see feminine. that coming. I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because, you know, yeah. if we, we at least think we're good actors when we're trying to hide it. Oh, I thought I was the best. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was shopping with jars of clay and trying on clothes. But we spend a lot of our time trying to figure out what people think of us. We worry about whether we are going to be accepted at a new school or even as an adult at a new job. And when you are queer, that tension gets heightened sometimes. Yeah. Can you just even imagine the questions that us queer people wonder? Do they know I'm queer? Has anyone told them? Will they accept me as a queer person? Are they going to reject me, harass me, just freeze me out? Is this going to be awkward? 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 (laughs) I know that we tell ourselves that it doesn't matter what other people think of us, but there are instances where they can make it difficult. So our families are so important to us, especially if we are young and we are dependent on our families. It matters deeply what they think of us. I mean, yeah, we they're care. the ones that have the most influence on us. Yeah. Their acceptance can be very fulfilling and their rejection, that can be devastating. As adults, we want to get along with our coworkers and our peers. We want to learn how to work best with them. We can't be constantly walking on eggshells about them. Our, 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 we have a friend um, who right now um, at work is sort of being attacked for being queer. Um, they found old, like, dub smashes of him sort of just lip syncing to T.S. Madison lines and things like that. And people from work, he says, they're like, this is the first time we've ever had a gay here at work. I love your nails. I love your shirt. I love you're constantly treating him a little bit like a trophy or like an, a, an, ab, an oddity or abnormal moment at work. And then now some anonymous person has been linking to 2015 jokes and tweets that he has done and sending them to the CEO of the company and saying, is this how you would? Meanwhile, it's all just like him lip syncing on, on an app. So, you know, it's it's very awkward sometimes uh, what people think of us, how that could be an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, I've often wondered if somebody, because my name's Azariah, it's pretty unique. And if someone just does a simple Google search, they can find me. So like working at a credit union, I've wondered if someone, you know, because people ask for my name a lot of times. I'm like, if they just found some of the things, I wonder what they would think. Oh, you got to get one of those fake customer service names like Vicky. I really do. (laughs) Cookie. (laughs) I'm Cookie. Oh, Cookie, (laughs) help me with my taxes. Uh, (laughs) Ma'am, I'm going to have to transfer you to the IRS IRS special. I have a feeling at work I'm going to be walking on eggshells around Cookie. (laughs) You will. Ma'am, you were five minutes late. (laughs) 
<laughs> Man, cookie's making me crumble. She's making me have a crummy day. Well, we don't want someone to fundamentally misunderstand who we are. We just want them to know us and see us for who we are. I think that's a yeah, fair be, ask. Being known is powerful. Being accurately known for who you are is actually really huge. LGBTQ people, especially LGBTQ youth, are longing to be seen and heard and recognized for who they are. They can relate to Jesus in this moment because Jesus is asking the question to his friends that they've also likely asked their friends. So back to our question at the top, who really, really, really knows you? Your family, your friends, your significant other? Who knows you, Azzy? Mm -hmm. mm. I mean, you know me pretty well. I um, know, we know. I was a setup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my fit, you know, but you know, I think different people in your life know you a little bit differently. Like my family, they have the more of the history to draw from for, you know, uh, to, to understand patterns and behaviors and the overall person that you are. But it's not always going to be an up-to-date accurate picture you know, either because maybe there's you also, haven't been around them in a while. There's also some times that I'm like, you know, have you ever been doing something and you're like, my parents have no idea where I am right now. Like when you're in some like awesome like <laughs> warehouse party. Like, you know, I, I mean, even like some like like low-key like younger day movie star shit. Like I remember filming a movie and being out with like Rachel Lee Cook and all these people like on a speedboat in North Carolina and like my parents don't know what I'm doing right now and I'm just like on a speedboat a movie star in North Carolina. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's just those moments where like if they were like what's danny doing and they could actually see like it would either be good or bad wanting to be known and understood might seem sort of petty but you know i don't mind being a little petty but even jesus wanted to know what the people were saying about him so there's a story that is told twice in the bible where jesus asked his disciples what people were saying about him the story that we're going to tell today about jesus doesn't have any supernatural moments. Jesus isn't performing any miracles. Jesus isn't healing any sick. Jesus isn't walking on water. And that's just fine because Jesus is about to do something really dope. Jesus is about to get vulnerable. Mm, and in fact, if we look closely, we might say that this is one of the most vulnerable that Jesus gets, maybe up until his crucifixion. Mm. We're going to read that story as it's told through Matthew 16. Of course, we'll stop and make a little commentary along the way because, <laughs> girl, we just can't help ourselves. <laughs> and Danny, is this a baked Bible story? It might be. Okay. <laughs> Let's make this a baked Bible story. Officially. Starting with Matthew 16, verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? So Jesus is trending. So he's thinking about his brand. He's already, he's already <laughs> done some miracles. I need to know yeah, what my been, Instagram grid yeah, needs to look like. He's been preaching and teaching. <laughs> There's a couple of hashtags catching some fire. He's getting a little rep and he wants to know what people are thinking about him and what they're saying about him. So Jesus wants to get up and read it and wants to know if they get him. Like, do you get me? Do you know what I'm all about? That's what Jesus is wondering. I imagine him like filming a TikTok video, like just already filming, going up to the types. Hey, who does, who do they say I am? Comment if you get me. <laughs> oh. 
So Jesus is asking his friends how he is perceived. What are people saying? Who do they think he is? Do people really understand him? Or are they confusing him for with someone else? I suspect many of us have asked a similar question too. Like you've thought about your reputation, whether people are speaking about you in an accurate way. If there's all these rumors, you know, that keep people from knowing the real you. Mm. I can't relate, very unrelatable. <laughs> but the disciples respond. Some say John the Baptist, but others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So the disciples are listing out comparisons. Lots of prophets, people from the Hebrew scriptures who did some amazing things, people who performed miracles, people who spoke for God. But none of those comparisons are really Jesus, are they? Jesus is an element of all of those, but he's much more unique and special. Yes, in Matthew 16, 15, he said to them, but who do you say I am? Bingo! See, Jesus asked what is probably the most vulnerable and difficult question someone could ask of their friends. Who do you say that I am? Gorgeous. That's who. Thanks, darling. That's all I want you to tell them. Beautiful inside and out at my funeral. Uh, no, really, though, like, I, like, how would you describe me to someone else? How would I describe you to someone else? <laughs> yeah. um, I describe you as you, you would be the life of the party, boisterous. She loves to chat. Um, mm. She loves to joke. She loves a good time. Um, but you're, I always describe you as a family person, too. You love okay. your family um, and you're very family oriented. So that's the synopsis of how I describe oh, you. Oh, that's cool. I like that. When people yeah. ask me about you, I say, I don't know her. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know that I really have the opportunity, but I'm always, I always talk about our history. I talk about how connected we are to God together, uh -huh. but at the same time we could like totally while out at a rave. Like yeah. <laughs> like I, you know, you're one of those people. You're one of those people as you can go to a dive bar or the White House and you fit in. Thank you. Um, but I not the former that. White House, the one that we got. Now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Never ever will I. <laughs> but Jesus Yes, tell Jesus. me, Jesus? Let's get back to let's get back to Jesus. Jesus is no longer interested in the opinions of the crowds and the strangers. Same. He wants to know. <laughs> Forget what that queen said at the rave. He wants to know what his closest companions, those who have lived and worked with him the most intimately, understand him. You know, remember him. that time that we were at the rave and that one guy came up to me and he was talking about how cute he thought you were? And I was like, just go kiss him. I was like, just go try to kiss I him. I will never forget like, that. <laughs> and he wasn't really your type, but I was like, just go yeah. up. Like, have a little guts. Like, I gave him like a whole pep talk to go up and hit on you. Uh, but I really did sell you good. Such a sweet guy, though. Yeah, yeah, I love that guy. But I, I, he was, but I, like, I really set you up. I see, I talk good about you. You did. You did. You, you, you tried to set me up. Um, but if you need a good wig, she's a good queen for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the opinion of those that are closest to us are the ones that matter the most. We can ignore or avoid the negativity of the masses, but rejection from family and friends is devastating. Yeah. And another side note, the Trevor Project found that having just one supportive adult in your life can cut the chance of an LGBTQ youth attempting suicide by 40, 40%. Oh my God, what a staggering... Statistic. That's measurable, honey. It's measurable. So be that supportive adult in someone's life. So we continue on in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Simon Peter answered, 
you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, Hallelujah. <laughs> Peter gets it. <laughs> yes. After hearing these inaccurate representations, Peter names Jesus for who he truly is. Imagine Jesus' tone in this response. What if... It was a less of a declaration or like he was a game show host announcing a prize, but actually gushing these words out with a sigh of relief. Blessed are you, Simon, because behind door number one is everything that you bind in heaven will be bound. In and you get the keys to the kingdom and you get the keys to the kingdom. You know, of course, this gushing comes with some extra responsibility for Peter. Now that Peter knows who Jesus is, Peter has to do something with that knowledge. That recognition that Jesus is the Messiah is the foundation of our church. Peter's confession is what our church is built upon, and probably not even Peter himself, but the confession. Mm -hmm. And the confession, that revelation comes with a name change as well. Simon or Simon is Peter now, just Peter. And Jesus responds to Simon's affirmation of who he is with both a blessing and a new name. So Simon becomes Peter or rock in Greek. And the name isn't random, it is a calling and a destiny. Yeah, and shout out to all of you with a dead name. Shout out to all of you with mm -hmm. a dead name. Your new name is a calling and a destiny. And this is actually something that is practiced in many faith traditions, even Buddhism. They give you a new name when you enter into, um, into that uh, coven. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> into that sangha. Uh, but uh, Jesus proclaims, Upon this rock, I will build my church. The new name meant something significant. It wasn't the name that Peter's parents gave to him. It was one that looked forward into one who is becoming. That's beautiful. I love that. And Matthew ch chapter 16, verse 20, then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Now, what he, is this he made about? Sign an NDA. I don't get. See, when I'm VIP, I want I want people to know I'm VIP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, why would Jesus not want <laughs> the truth about him to spread? Why would he not want to turn his disciples into his spokespeople, his endorsers, his publicists, his fans? Is it because Jesus wanted people to know and understand him for themselves and not by word of mouth? That's that's a hard theory to follow since we are followers of Jesus because word of mouth or by written text, you know. I don't know. Or was it related to the next verses? Go on. Dun, 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 dun. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 through 22. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. Ah, see, there it is. Even as Jesus is fully seen and fully known by Peter, it doesn't last. When he says that being the Messiah means he must go suffer and die, Peter challenges him. It's not what Peter's expectation of the Messiah is. Even after recognizing and affirming, Jesus doesn't let Jesus act on his identity. LGBTQ people have that. It's okay to be gay, but you can't act on it. 
be the right kind of gay, etc. Mm-hmm. Now that Peter and presumably the rest of the disciples now have expressed a full, complete understanding of who Jesus is, now is where the rubber meets the road. It's not just about who he is. It's about what Jesus must do. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, good, now that you get that, I can tell you what being the Messiah means. It means being betrayed, arrested, tried, tortured, and killed. Hmm. And now we have reached the end of Peter's understanding of Jesus. It was one thing to call him the Messiah. It's quite another to hear Jesus talk about what is going to happen. And Peter wants to stop that by saying, God forbid it, Lord. This story is demonstrating the limits of understanding and acceptance. This is so relatable from an LGBTQIA perspective. Have many of us ever heard any of these phrases before? It's one thing to be gay, but do you have to act like it? Or the phrase gay lifestyle, or it's one thing to be gay, but this transgender stuff is a step too far. Or why are they pushing for marriage? Do they have to take everything away from us? All of these phrases are limits on acceptance. If we are being, then we are being called to do something. We may be called into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Because it's not only you, you have to know the person, get beyond your perceived ideas and expectations of what you think they should be so like the messiah someone who shouldn't die and so in this case we see the, the example that jesus gives us when people don't want to fully accept all who you are in matthew chapter 16 verse 23 jesus turned and said to peter get behind me satan not today, Satan. <laughs> you are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Even with the humans around us, like our friends and our allies, there's just folks who don't understand what being LGBTQ is like. There's limits to how much we can empathize with someone whose identity and experience is so different than our own. Jesus has to speak up for himself here. He realizes that Peter's understanding and acceptance isn't fully formed. Sometimes... We have to call out the words and actions of those who say they are our allies. Allies want to be helpful, but they don't always know how to be. It's easy to be duped into thinking you're helping when your words and actions may erase the reality we are facing. Jesus uses this as a way to continue preaching and teaching, even to his own disciples. And for us, when we reach the limits of recognition and understanding, it can hurt. And sometimes we need a good, get behind me, Satan, to move along with our lives. The devil busy. We <laughs> want to be known. So we also have to spend time knowing, mm -hmm. listening, understanding each other. Mm -hmm. Just like we want to be understood. Just imagine others who want to be seen and heard and recognized and known. Yeah, there's a good quote by Rumi that says, in order to understand one must first listen or something, hang on, no, I don't have it with me, look it up. In order to speak, one must first listen to understand. Something along those lines, a great Rumi quote, Clearly but I'm gonna butcher it, leave it quote. to me, leave it to me to butcher it. But moving right along, our tithe, love offering, charity, active good this week is this. We started this episode by asking you, who knows you best? So, who do you know? Or who do you feel like you should know better? 
This is a big ask, but find an acquaintance in your life and ask them out for coffee or a drink and just ask them about themselves and really, really listen. Yeah, this isn't an interview or an interrogation. You just start by asking questions that has them talking about what they're the most passionate about. I love saying, what's your passion to somebody? Because saying, what's your job is not always their passion, you know? Really take the time to listen to what they're saying, what excites them, what motivates them, what scares them, what gives them joy. There's no agenda here. Just get to know another person and have them feel seen and heard and known and loved. We just want to highlight and thank some of our monthly sponsors. Uh, you guys are seen and heard and known and loved. Thank you, Autumn V, Marie L, and Cody K. Thank you for signing help and uh, helping us keep this show running. Please send us a message on Instagram so we can send you a little thank you because we're so grateful for your support. Let's bow our heads for a closing prayer. Father God, we are so grateful to have another opportunity uh, on this Sunday to get together with our family and just celebrate you. We pray that we can find a community of friends who sees us, who knows us, and who loves us, just in the same way that Jesus was searching. We give thanks that God knows us. Thanks that God knows who we are, and he knows what makes us tick, and that God accepts us just the way we are. And for all those who are still grieving 9-11, even 20 years later, we pray for peace. And we pray that Father Michael Judge can be recognized as the saint that he was. And we also continue to pray for Anonymous, figuring out how to come out to their family. May you give them guidance and the strength that they need. And we'd like to pray for A, who is trying to find a way to uh, shed the toxic theology and be closer to their family. Um, if there's a way... It's through King Jesus, and we thank you, Lord. Amen. And we thank you for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. If you like the show, please consider becoming a monthly sponsor. You can find the link to do so in our show notes. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review. Five star, friend, please. Or share with a friend. Doing so helps us reach new people and keeps the show running. Yes, and I'm hungry and I need to eat, <laughs> please. Um, yes, Jesuits, you can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website at yasjesuspod.com. Even on your cell phone, just open the browser and go there and do it. It's easy. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. Yeah, send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, guest ideas, or even just a get behind me, Satan. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Yash Jesus is hosted by me, Daniel Francesi, and... Ah, Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Ekman. Our show is produced by the freaking deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauley. Yes, Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bastilios, and Steve Michaels. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your dang podcasts. And if anyone knows you, it's God. And trust me, honey, she loves you just as you are. Right, so keep praising the Lord, y'all. See you next time. Oh.